May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Amen. Boys and girls, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's your ambition? Is it to be a fireman or an astronaut? Or maybe you want to be a carpenter and make beautiful things out of wood. Maybe your ambition is to be a nurse or a teacher or something else entirely. Of course, mums and dads have ambitions too. Maybe they're looking forward to promotion in their job, being in charge of the office, making the decisions or even your grandparents. It might be that they've got ambitions to become team captain of the golf club. Let's take a moment to think about what your ambitions are. In today's reading, we met two men who had ambitions. And what's more, their mum had ambitions for them as well. I think we'd call her a pushy mum. She'd do just about anything to make sure her family were top dogs. And of course, there's nothing new about that. It's believed by many biblical scholars that this mum was the sister of Mary, the mother of Jesus, Salome by name, which means she would have been Jesus' aunt, and her boys, James and John, would have been his cousins. In Matthew 19, we learn that Jesus told his disciples something rather wonderful. When he came into his kingdom, the disciples would not only be with him, they'd sit in thrones, judging or ruling Israel. Wow! But that wasn't good enough for James, John, or their mother. They wanted to be in the place of greatest importance, the thrones on either side of Jesus. 
And so Salome came and knelt before Jesus. In doing so, she shows her awareness of who Jesus is. He is her Messiah, the Son of the living God. So she kneels and asks a favor. In making her request, Salome was probably relying on the bonds of earthly kinship. That belief that she and her family had a special relationship to and with Jesus, and therefore they had the right to special consideration from him. Obviously, her sons were in complete agreement with her. They were there with their mum. She wasn't acting alone. And when Jesus addresses James and John, their self-confidence, their pride, and yet their complete misunderstanding of Jesus' mission and the way that would be accomplished are breathtaking. Perhaps what makes this episode in Scripture so jarring is that in the verses immediately preceding it, Jesus had laid it on the line starkly and with no beating about the bush, just what awaited him in Jerusalem. He told the disciples that he would be condemned to death, be mocked and flogged, then crucified before rising on the third day. Yet it appears to have made little or no impression on James and John, and that, that probably would be true of all the disciples. Of course, this wasn't the first time that Jesus had spoken of what awaited him, nor was it the first time he'd laid it on the line what the cost of true discipleship is. In Matthew 16 and 24, he said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross. The people of Israel lived in a world where crucifixion was a common occurrence. They saw the condemned men hanging on their cross, heard their shouts of agony, saw their suffering. For Jesus to speak of taking up one's cross spoke clearly and unequivocally that to follow Jesus meant being ready and willing to give him their all, to literally be willing to give their lives away for him and his kingdom. Jesus tells the brothers they don't know what they're asking and then puts a question to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? 
the cup throughout Scripture refers figuratively to one's divinely appointed destiny, whether that be of blessing or wrath. And Jesus is referring to his forthcoming cup of suffering on the cross, which he had just predicted. The brothers reply that they can. And that underlines that they have completely misunderstood that Jesus is challenging them to see if they're willing to endure the horrendous difficulties and dangers that lie ahead in the battle to establish Christ's kingdom. Yet these brothers are going around with stars in their eyes, dreaming of being in the place of power. Possibly they visualize themselves being heroes, like David in the Old Testament, taking on God's enemies and winning great victories, forgetting that David gained his throne through danger and suffering. <clears throat> We've recently been remembering VJ Day. We've heard many stories of amazing heroism. We've seen the medals proudly worn. But heroes are born of facing danger, enduring suffering, and triumphing despite the dangers. There's no easy road to victory, whether in the physical realm or the spiritual. Jesus, as he looked at their hopeful faces, must have sighed inwardly as he assured them that they would indeed drink of his cup, but disappointed them by telling them he couldn't grant their request. That was in the hands of the Father. But I reckon he must have been stirred with compassion and love as he looked down the corridor of time and knew that both these disciples would suffer for his name. James would be the first of the band of disciples to die for his Lord. And John, he would find himself exiled on the island of Patmos. Once more, Jesus called the band of disciples to himself, a group seething with anger at the temerity of the brothers, and once more pointed out to them that his disciples are called to a life diametrically opposite to that of the world around them. Instead, they would find greatness in giving their lives away in the service of others. Indeed, the person who craved first place in the kingdom of God must be the slave of others, taking the lowest place in human eyes. That doesn't come naturally to any of us. 
but our strength to live in the place of obedience to our Savior's command comes from the same place that Jesus drew on, the power of the Holy Spirit within us and the power of love. Jesus said in John 15, 12, Love one another as I have loved you. How much was that? God so loved the world that he gave, gave all that was dear to him, his beloved son Jesus, for us, because he loved us. And Jesus he gave all his all on Calvary for us because he loved us. Let us in our turn, in our love for him, be ready to give our lives away in his service and in the service of others, whatever the cost. For his name's sake. Amen.